hello, and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Vazil, and this is the show where I get to talk about sports, I get to talk about business, and I get to talk about everything in between. Uh, my incredible guest today is Derek Peterson. He is a Senior Vice President of Account Services over at Open Doors. Derek, how you doing today, buddy? Good, Michael. We're uh, pretty cold here in Nebraska the past few days, but the sun's out today, so uh, I uh, the mood is up. The mood is up. The sun is shining. There's really not much more we can ask. It's February, so I don't know. When does spring usually spring? When does spring sprung in Nebraska? <laughs> We've got a few more weeks. I think yeah. uh, Groundhog might have called it on this one this, this year. That Puxatani Phil. I'm a big fan of Groundhog's Day, but yes. not a big fan of uh, that Groundhog, in all honesty. But Derek, very excited to talk about Open Doors, talk about your career a little bit, kind of how you guys are changing the game, especially when it comes to some NIL stuff. But yeah. we were talking a little bit before, and I don't know if you've listened to a couple of these episodes because you might have got that first question right out of the gate. I love it to ask it to everybody. It's the For the Love of Sports podcast, Derek. Why do you love sports so much? Uh, I mean... <laughs> any number of reasons I, sports have been a, just a big part of my life for forever. You know, you, I still remember the, the T-ball games where my dad was my coach. And then as I got a little bit older, my my little brother was on my team and I, it all started there. Like my, baseball for me is it like, I, I love that sport. And I, I watch and pay attention to, and we work with athletes in all sports across all levels, which is awesome too. But you know, baseball is it for me. And the having, done that as a really, really young kid and then, and then continue to play throughout high school and then playing club baseball in college and then working for professional teams, uh, professional baseball teams early on in my career. Like that has just continued to be a part of this, this thread of passion for me, um, in everything I do. I love baseball is my favorite sport. It's my number one. Um, I tell who, who are you, who's your team. We'll, we'll get to that in one second. Okay. Cause we, right, we might it. have a little bit of a fight brewing on our hands. Oh but, no. Um, no, I, I, uh, I got married last year and okay. that Congrats. was, uh, the second best day of my life, uh, behind <laughs> Steve Cohen buying the Mets. So it's, okay. uh, it's a good, uh, it was incredible. I let my wife know that I let my entire wedding party know that. And everybody was totally on board. So you worked for the Orioles. You said, uh, for the so, Royals. Oh, I'm for the, the Royals. 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 Yeah. I apologize. Um, you're growing up in the Midwest. Not yep. too many teams I can think of in Nebraska. Does that kind of make <laughs> you a Royals fan? Unfortunately, uh, it. You know what's funny about that, Michael, is um, my early fandom was actually the Atlanta Braves, and it's because they were on TBS. Yes. They were yep. playing nationwide. Yeah, I mean, we didn't have a. There wasn't a professional baseball team or a professional team period in, in Nebraska to really root for at the at the top level. Um, so for me, for baseball, it was you watch the Cubs on WGN or you'd watch the Braves on TBS. So uh, I, I ended up picking the Braves and, you know, they had a really good run there in the 90s um, and, and fun to watch and really good pitching and which I love about baseball, too. So mm -hmm. it, for me, it, my, my early fandom was the Braves and it couldn't have gone any better. But then as I. Uh, as I grew up and sort of the, the regional-esque part of, uh, of sports came into play, yeah, the, the Royals really, you know, centered up for me. And that that really solidified when I, I you know, left school or was done at, at Nebraska and, and got to, you know, actually work there, which was, you know, every young kid's dream to, to work for a professional sports organization. And it certainly was mine. So, yeah, the Royals really solidified there when they actually hired me and I was on payroll. That's pretty <laughs> and it, cool. It, it was. It really was like a, 
you know, the season, you know, Michael, for me, that was 2007. And um, the funny part about that may be funny to me if no one else, but opening day, it was uh, like a three, 310 start uh, local. Beautiful day. It was 80 degrees. They're playing the Red Sox. Kurt Schilling was on the mound for the Red Sox, and, and the Royals had just um, – just uh, acquired Gil Mesh as a free agent, and for the I think it was the largest contract in Royals history at the time. And they they uh, they they battled, and the Royals ended up winning seven one on a just beautiful day. And I so I was in the marketing department, and my my big goal or that the task for that day. So we would we did promotions during the game. So I went out and found the the kids and, and uh-huh, the, the yeah. folks to, to participate in the games in between innings or the sprint dance off sprint is a big sponsor of theirs at the time. So we were doing that, but my big thing was pregame. Um, I got asked to, they wanted to do uh, a red carpet roy- rollout, but it was with blue carpet. So I had to go round and round leading up to opening day to a company who would donate blue carpet that we could use for the season so i saw the picture from that opening day with the blue carpet laid out on the field and that 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 still like brings a smile to my face of of everything that went into getting that you know 40 40 yard long stretch of blue carpet from the dugout to the field for that day that is awesome man and it's, it's just so funny right baseball is one of those sports because it is such a grind because it is 162 you have 81 home games and then you have playoff games on top of that potentially you got to find ways to spice it up. And, you know, yes. the Royals, like, traditionally, unfortunately, are kind of one of those lower-level franchises. They're not able to sign a lot of guys, as we've seen kind of recently. They made some cool trades this year, which is awesome. Yep. But they're just one of those teams that, you know, outside of those two runs that they had, and one of them, unfortunately, coming uh, and defeating my Mets, uh, they're, they're not usually at the top of the board. So you probably got a lot of fun opportunity i'll be honest i don't remember what the royals record was in 2007 i'm terrible sure. yeah <laughs> 90 plus losses yeah so it's it, unfortunate it was downhill from opening day you definitely had some fun along the way and you know as you were saying you know it's every every kid's dream it's every athlete's dream right to receive a check and on top of that it's every sports fans team to receive a check from the team that you've been supporting your whole life right like that's just such a cool opportunity now you only did it for a year but as you said there's so many memories in that year i'm, I'm sure you're never going to forget it Oh, I, I'm not short on stories from from that that time. And and you, you talk about the check, and you know, for me, it's 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 now 14 years since I that, since I worked that season with the Royals. But I still have my business cards that that nice. had the Royals, you know, stamp logo on there, and I still have my badge that that I would have to check in with every day. So it's like I still have those as as reminders of what that time was like in my life because it truly was exciting for me at the time. And and now 14 years later, it still is. That is awesome, man. So as you said, after hanging out with the Royals for a little bit, you then went to uh, a marketing and advertising agency, essentially. So you spent a bunch of time there was, I mean, you don't get paid a lot to do promotions and marketing for baseball teams. That's not really how it (laughs) works. Unfortunately, you kind of got to really climb that uh, ladder. What was the reason, as you said, you always kind of wanted to work in sports. You got that opportunity. What was the reason for this new opportunity over here? And I think, what was it? Bailey and something or other. I'm sorry. I, I, yeah, I, no, that's okay. Bailey Lowerman was the name okay. of the agency. Thank so you. when at the, at the end of the season, um, I had always known that it was a, it was a seasonal position that I was working. So Michael, I, I knew I was on borrowed time as, mm-hmm. as the, the game stopped, but 
Well, it was really what not innovative in any way, but I, I wanted to stick around. Like I wanted to keep doing whatever it was that allowed me to have that business card that said Kansas city Royals on it. And so it, you know, folks in the Midwest will know this, but Kauffman stadium, the K is sort of this renowned um, facility in baseball. Uh, It's beautiful. It's got the waterfalls in the, in the outfield. And um, at the, at the end of the 2007 season, the, the, the team announced uh, that they were going to go through major renovations to the stadium. And I mean, you go there now, it's still a just beautiful, beautiful ballpark, but they had to, uh, the team then had to let the season ticket holders know that some of their seats were going to be displaced for a few seasons while they did these renovations. So no one, there weren't a lot of people signing up for the job of calling, you know, mm-hmm. families and season ticket holders who had owned those seats in yep. that stadium for almost 40 years. Um, so that was something that I asked if I could just stick around and I, I would, cold call these folks and, and truly get screamed at for, for mm-hmm. what some would consider a very valid reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, Cause I, I like there's, there's so much emotional attachment to your seat in a stadium when you are a season ticket holder. And because My grandfather's grandfather's grandfather, that's exactly seat, right. Yeah. I, I, I truly remember one, one phone call that, that I had placed, um, because it, part of it was just listening, hearing them out and letting them vent their frustration at this news. And then and then getting to the point where you could explain, you know, we're going to put you in better seats, closer to the action for the next season. And as soon as your seats are are back in play, we're going to put you right back there. But I just remember her telling me, look, my, my father had purchased these season tickets 30 years ago. He's passed on by now. Now it's in my possession and my family. Like, these are real stories and they're real people. And the, the attachment to this was very real. But from my perspective, this was do whatever it takes, the hardest thing at the club to try to stick around for a job. So I did that for, so season, you know, season ends in, at the end of September, playoffs start in October. As we mentioned, it wasn't a good year for the Royals. Um, so I spent the next month and a half just hanging on. You know, spent mm-hmm. six weeks smiling and dialing and getting yelled at and then taking my lunch break and then doing it for the afternoon. So it was it was it was good learning opportunity for me, honestly, at the time, a you know, 22 year old kid to, to really get to understand trying to work with customers because mm-hmm. I, I hadn't done that ever really in my life. Um, but that was good for me. I, I, I learned a lot. I enjoyed getting to speak to those fans, even though they were upset. Um, but then, you know, got through the call list, you know, there was just it, the off season, they were ready to do the next thing. And so I had to find a job. I mean, that, that's really what it came down to, um, moved back to Nebraska, got the job at the ad agency, really enjoyed what I did there. It's, uh, Michael working in an ad agency is stressful. It's I hard. I could only imagine. Um, but the, the, Plus of that in, in what my role was, you know, account service and, and working with customers. But my role in that is I got to learn a lot about a lot of different industries. So I worked on 
the Omaha Henry Dorley Zoo and Aquarium. So I learned a lot about how zoos run. And I mm -hmm. worked for Cessna, which has luxury jets and, and propeller planes. And I worked for AMC theaters. So the pre-show experience and the sex appeal of movies. And, you know, I worked and learned so much about all these different industries. And what was really cool about that is everyone that I worked with at the agency also had a super broad knowledge base. So the conversations mm -hmm. spanned from pop culture to very technical things that you could, if you really wanted to, you could learn a hell of a lot from just the people around you, let alone the customers that you're working with from day to day. So it was really cool. I enjoyed the time there, it, but it's a hard job. Yeah. Oh, I, I can only imagine. I've never, um, you know, being here in New York, I've watched Mad Men. That's probably the closest <laughs> I've gotten to working in an ad agency, right? Just like most people on uh, uh, here in America. But <laughs> I, I guess, you know, you spend time there. That's always something, you know, I'm always interested in, in marketing and advertising. It's been something, you know, I studied it in college and it was always yeah. the more you learn about other things, you can then take those ideas from X, Y, and Z and drag them in. So if you learn about how cars are advertised, you can use that for soap. You know, not everything. It's not one to one, but there are things that you right. can grab and things that you can start to modify to be able to utilize them in different areas. Um, but tell me how the opportunity with Blake and and Open Doors then comes back up. There, he's a Nebraska um, alum as well, if yep. I'm not mistaken. So yep. I don't know if there was a connection there, but he's done some cool stuff. The company was started already, so it was a couple years old. At what point in time do you come into these conversations? When did you start to notice this, and why did you realize, like, hey, you know what? I'm at this agency. We're doing a lot of great things. Kind of my time. I think I learned enough that I can start to take this into a, a more of a startup role and, and help this company you know, straight go to the moon. Yeah. So the, 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 the course of events that happened to, to get me to open doors, um, it is interesting. I, so I, I'm at the agency. I, uh, a former colleague of mine had started a, a, a startup uh, incubator here in Nebraska. And she had asked if I would partner with her to put on sort of a showcase for startup companies uh, to ad agencies in, in our area. So, right. so she had sourced, um, I think it was six or seven different Nebraska based startups who had products or service offerings that were relevant to ad agencies or, or creative agencies, media agencies. And, and Open Doors was one of those companies. So my first real exposure to the company and Blake and Audi, the two co-founders, um, was through that startup showcase. And it, it's, it really, um, I do think about that uh, maybe more often than I need to, but it, my, what I met in, who I met in Audi and Blake is, is who they are today you know, seven years later now, um, you know, they are very passionate about open doors and the people that work there. And, um, they do want to help athletes. Like it, it's not disingenuine, um, what they stand for. But so we put, we put on this, this showcase, uh, my friend, Erica and I shout out Erica, um, no free shout outs. No, so, she can get a free shout out. No okay, free, free shout ads. Out. She can get there a free shout out. No free ads. Um, no, we 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 did this. We did this startup showcase. It was it was success. Uh, we had great attendance from the agencies. The the startups that presented did a great job. Blake came in. I think he had, if you know Blake, this this is still true today. Again, 
I think he had five minutes to present, and then uh, you, there was maybe five minutes for Q and A, uh, and we had six of these. So it was going to take an hour, right? Like the whole event was an hour and then everybody could network afterwards. So Blake had five minutes to present, five minutes for questions. I, I know for a fact he presented for eight or nine minutes, just completely disregarded what the rules were. So at the time, not, not knowing Blake at all, but the person who's helping put on this event, I was pissed. Mm-hmm. It's like, come on, man! Like you, you're ruining it. Not ruining it, but yeah. you're you're taking the time of somebody else here. So I, I remember afterwards there was a, we we you know a little happy hour reception for everybody to network, and I'm, I'm sitting up at the bar talking uh, to Blake and Audie and another Open Doors employee at the time, and just getting to hear their story because again, I, I I I knew Audie and Blake both played football in Nebraska. I'm a Nebraska graduate, Nebraska fan, so I, I knew that. Um, going in, but just starting to talk about their business. And this was in, I, I think it was October of 2014, maybe. And just after the new year, I, may, late January in 2015, I got an email from Blake to my my work email address mm-hmm. saying, hey, what's your personal email address? Oh, there you go. So it's like, it, you know, you know, something's up yep. here. Um so, you know, responded and he's, he, he just, he, it was a, uh, it wasn't an aggressive pitch by any means. But it's like, Hey, would you ever consider um, coming over? And at the time I, I loved what they did, but Michael, like I had finally sort of hit that point in my career at the agency where I was finally making money. And I was, mm-hmm. I was working on accounts that I really enjoyed working on. Um, for big brands and the agency was winning awards, like what, what you sort of strive for in that world was happening for me um, to then be approached to join what at the time was a two and a half year old company, um, a startup at that, a, a startup in Lincoln, Nebraska, um, which no, is not, known for their startups, right? Not the, not the, uh, um, not the warm weather climate that might enjoy working on in the co- on, on the coasts. Um, so anyway, it was like it was this the own like the on paper. If you would if you would see my pros and cons list that day, like the pros was sports, and then there's lots of cons over here. Um, but man, I mean, it, it ended up winning out. You know, we 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 emailed back and forth for a couple of months. And um, the other part of it, like I said, I really enjoyed what I was doing at the agency, but for me also, like I really do enjoy mentoring and leading um, people. Um, it's something I'm passionate about, something I think I'm good at. And I, I didn't have that opportunity at the agency, but I knew I was going to have that opportunity as employee number 13 or 14 at open doors um, to help grow it to, you know, we're at 45 full-time now, you know, three or five years later, we're, we're three X on the headcount. And and that's not what it's all about by any means, Michael, but like that was, that was the other pros in the pros column was, you know, getting to lead a team, getting to lead a business, um, because Blake and Audie are, are great business leaders, but they also are not 
selfish about the responsibility. Like they allow me to continue to learn how to grow a, a, a company and, and run a business that I probably wasn't going to get exposure to in my current role at the time. Yeah. And, th and that's the thing about joining a startup, right? Is you give, you, you have a, um, you have a title, but I don't think it really matters that much because oh, everything no. just has to get done anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's especially the case, I think for leadership teams at startups too, Michael is they, you know, they wear a lot of hats, but they are also the ones I think um, maybe sacrifice the most um, in, in other areas of their life it, to coddle and foster this, this thing that they ultimately believe in, because if, if you didn't, you wouldn't be doing that thing. If you didn't think it was going to make it because it's hard, um, being at a, being at a startup is hard it, it, and we're, we're knock on wood. We're beyond a startup. I, th I think the terminology can use is scale up at this point. I don't know, but you know, we are, when I came on, it was hard. We didn't have processes in place. It was, you find a way to get the thing done and then you find a way to get the next thing done. And mm -hmm. it, it was just that. And so I got to start to form some of these processes and put those in place. And then we hire the next talented person, the next talented person. And all of a sudden we're, we're, we're doing it like, and, and, and we're still trying to reach that, you know, the, the pinnacle, but Michael, I, I will tell you, and, and I, I tell this story often, but when Blake, when, when I was interviewing with me, when I was interviewing with Blake, mm -hmm. when he was interviewing me, um, he, he said something to me that it, it, it made the, the hair on my arm and the goosebumps authentically appear. And he said, Derek, I think we can be a one of one company. Like no one will be like this. And he, I don't know how he did it, but he must have known that I have a big ego and hearing that, like it set me on fire, Michael. And, and it has sustained now for five and a half years because that is if you do, if you've heard of Gallup Strengths Finder, my number one strength is competition. I like to win, and when I heard that, it was like he wants to be the champion. He wants to be the best. He wants to be alone on the mountaintop, and that just it lit me up. Like I'm, I was ready to go at that point, and I'm still now wanting us to achieve that one of one moniker that he talked about you know six years ago and it, at least you know right at least you know what fires you up and he clearly knew too because it, it worked <laughs> and got you <laughs> over there to open doors and you guys have been doing some incredible stuff uh since you've been there i mean i remember the first time and and the evolution of the company is really interesting right because it kind of just started out as paying athletes for some tweets right that's essentially what it what it started as and what it's become is a little different so if you don't mind i guess taking us through the evolution especially while you were there kind of yeah. what it looked like when you got there what blake's vision was and and how close you guys are getting to that one of one potential yeah so uh the the evolution of the company is through um 
of a, a, a vision, right? Part of it is that. And then all, some of it is also out of necessity, frankly. Um, but yeah, when I started, so the company was, you know, two and a half years old. Um, we had, we were, we were really a, uh, an endorsement company that we had this software and this technology in the background that only our people used. But in, in the simplest way of stating it, an athlete signs up for open doors, connects their social media channel, and then we have a, a public a review and approval software and, and then a publishing software. So a brand could log into a marketplace. They could select an athlete that they wanted to work with. Perhaps it was Noah Syndergaard of the Mets. Thank you. They throw him into a proverbial cart. They make an offer. They say, we, Noah, hey, this is, um, who's, who's a top Mets sponsor right now, Michael? Uh, I guess we could go with City Field. City. An easy one. Let's, let's go with City. So City would like uh, Noah to say this thing and use this piece of media uh, on Twitter at this date and time. And they wanted to offer Noah $5,000 to do that. They hit send and Noah gets a notification on his phone that says city has this offer for you. And you can either approve with a green button or reject with a gray button. And if you hit approve, we're going to schedule that automatically to go out on your Twitter feed at the date and time that they had listed in their offer. And we handle the payment. We send, we collect from city. We send a check to Noah and it's done. So that that's how the, that's how the company was doing business when I got there. Mm -hmm. um, really cool. But city never saw our technology whatsoever. Mm -hmm. It was all, we had somebody sell that deal to city. We, we negotiated on their behalf with the athlete. We got them all signed up for our platform and then we took care of it. And then we sent a reporting document off to city to tell them how it performed. It was good. It, it was good business, fun business, obviously still, we're still doing it today. Um, but what, as a company, just, just doing, you know, these managed services or, or the, um, transaction in the, in a high touch way, wasn't scalable for mm -hmm. the, for a startup. So what we came to uh, the realization of was, Going out and booking these campaigns was great, but what we needed to do was sell the software. So we sort of moved in the direction, Michael, of um, there's lots of different names for it, but it, it, it it's in, as an advocacy tool. So we took the software and we put it in the hands of our, our customers, but the, the big change or shift in uh, call it, 2016 or 2017, Michael was um, athletic departments at colleges because we were, we had previously been working exclusively with brands, you know, advertisers, sponsors of, of the leagues and, and teams, and we took the product to these universities and athletic departments as a alumni relations tool, um, but also as an advocacy tool to where. They would invite their alumni. So um, in Nebraska, uh, Prince Amukamara was a, you know, I think he's been, you, you've talked to him in the past, Michael, but, you know, he is an alumni of the University of Nebraska. Um, the 
Nebraska athletic department would invite Prince to sign up for open doors to uh, receive free content from Nebraska unpaid that he would share in support of his university, um, his alma mater. It would help him um, engage with his audience because many people on social are following Prince because he went to Nebraska. Mm -hmm. So these are Nebraska fans. So it helps him grow his audience um, and increase engagement with that Nebraska fan. And so it was a win-win. The university was getting additional exposure for media they already had created. Um, it was already in their, their vault or their tank, and they're just getting it uh, additional distribution streams, really. Really cool concept. Um, started with, you know, we started with Nebraska because that's where we we were from and where, where, where we, but we, we clicked quickly, you know, got some strong partnerships across the country in that collegiate space. And then you realize, okay, well, why don't we use it for, you know, not just alumni at the college space, but we'll, we'll sell the software that or open doors platform to professional teams and leagues and players associations that have all the same use cases. They, mm -hmm. they want their stakeholders to be able to share media and both sides at win because in that example with Nebraska and Prince, not only was Prince, you know, engaging with his fan base, but he was also increasing his marketability with that fan base. His, his ability to um, monetize that audience could, because if it's really easy in Nebraska, but if, if Prince has a lot of fans in Nebraska that really highly engage with the content he shares about Nebraska then a local Nebraska sponsor is going to come to Prince and say, hey, we see all this great engagement you have with people in Nebraska. We would like you to talk about our product or our service on your social channels, and we're going to pay you to do that. So now we've got two sides of our market. We've mm -hmm. got athletes and we've got buyers who are doing paid campaigns and sending sponsored content to athletes, but then we've got this, this advocacy or unpaid content side. So that's where, so Mike, you, you see the writing here mm -hmm. on the wall, but we started out in this transaction and endorsements business. We quickly transitioned to understanding the collegiate space. Then these universities, we, we have conversations with the NCAA to say, these universities are currently using the tool to send it to alumni. This is unpaid content. Many times, many times it's editorial content. Why can't these universities be sending this to people that are on their campus right now? And that's when student athletes enter the picture. So student athletes now are getting sent content to share. And the same thing that it was doing for Prince, it's doing for the student athletes across the country where they're sharing content that is valuable to them, that is helping them increase their engagement with these fans of these communities and, and schools. And it, it overall is then increasing their marketability and their ability to commercialize their channels when they're allowed to. So it's all building to these NIL changes that are happening right now. And we, selfishly but also through a hell of a lot of hard work michael like we are really uniquely positioned to be a 
a big part of this, this change that is coming because we, we've done the endorsements, we've done working with student athletes, we've, we've done it all. Um, but now here we are at a, at a time where it, it is really all coming together. So we're, we're excited about where we're at right now. Yeah, I'm so grateful and, and so glad, I guess, is probably the better term that these student athletes now get to take advantage of their name image likeness. Um, it was never made sense to me how you can't utilize your own name. So that was always very confusing. But we're here now, I think. And that's the important part. And I never realized that Open Doors had kind of the two sides of the business. As you said, they, they even feed off of each other. Yeah. Right. So the more that these athletes utilize the content that is given to them through the universities, the more these local sponsors, and this is perfect for the NIL discussion because everyone's thinking like, oh my gosh, like Trevor Lawrence, he's getting a $150,000 deal from Zaxby's. It's like, okay, that's, he's a, he's the one of one, right? We're, we're talking about a single yeah, athlete. Yeah. You know, you got your Bama, your Ohio State, your Clemson, and, uh, you know, a couple other schools in the SEC. And then after that, nobody really cares. So it's not that big a deal. <laughs> oh, but it's those, Michael, you're hurting my heart. I'm, I'm sorry, buddy. I mean, Scott Frost, uh, that was a fun project. I don't know how long it's longer that's going to last. But um, no, in, in sincerity, like just read an awesome article yesterday from my friends over at um, Front Office Sports. The UCLA women's gymnastics team is going to rake when this is like totally legal and fine because they they're the, the things that they do when they have those viral dance routines and everything that go on, they're going to absolutely crush it in the NIDL discussion. Sarah Fuller of Vanderbilt, right? Of all schools, the Vanderbilt kicker, she is absolutely going to crush it when it comes to these things. And then you have just those local schools, those smaller schools that have these athletes that are from those areas that, that local car, car dealership now that can give these kids, you know, two grand to come down and sign one day which is awesome. And now that you guys have that opportunity to kind of create this hamster wheel of well, you, you, the school gives you the content, you share the content. Now these businesses appreciate you more because you're sharing content about the, the area, which then allows them to pay you, which means you want to share that content even more. You just yeah, kind of keep going around on that wheel. I never realized that's kind of how it worked. Was that by design? Was that a happy accident? Did, did you guys know that this could really turn into just a giant snowball rolling down a hill? I mean, I, it was Michael. It was always evident to us that we 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 are uniquely positioned. Like we yeah. we we have a belief in that that we we should be a part of this conversation. Um, I I would say it's not. It wasn't a happy accident. There was some strategic decisions we made along the way that we understood that the one side of the business really was feeding the other side. Um, and, and the inner workings of that are, are you know, behind closed doors, obviously. Sure. But but truly, like we we understood what was happening. Um, now, did we know when you know Florida was going to pass this bill that was going to put these NIL changes into effect in its state in you know the beginning of July here this year? No, we 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 could not have forecast that, but we knew that it was coming mm -hmm. and we knew that when it was time, there were so few, I guess, companies or businesses that had the perspective on the space that we have. Um, what you talked about though is really interesting. And I don't know. I it's, it's strange to us that it seems that our opinion on this is counterintuitive to a lot, maybe out in the, in the public, but we, we believe that these changes are going to benefit every student athlete. It is not 
we, yes, there are some student athletes that are inherently going to have um, more opportunities. Um, you, you, you mentioned Mr. Lawrence at Clemson. You know, being the starting quarterback at a national championship, contending or winning school, while you are also winning the sports top award in the Heisman, that person, an individual like that, is going to have a lot of opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, and rightfully so. Uh, of course. Rightfully they, they, so. 100%. They, they have their performance on the field. Mm-hmm. has earned them that opportunity. Um, with that said, the opportunity is still there for a an Olympic sport member at a smaller school, perhaps Division III, um, to come in and work with a local sponsor or an advertiser. Um, because those those schools, while the dollars might not be as high and the number of sponsors may be not as great, but that school still has sponsors of their athletic department, Mm -hmm. supporters of that school's sports programs. They not only do they want to support the school's sports program, they want to support the athletes in that program in, in a compliant way. They, they don't want to work in the shadows that, Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the, the $5 handshake, um, is not desirable to anyone. If there's legislation and policy in place that allows that $5 handshake to be in exchange for an equal value that the, the student athlete is providing. So that I just, our, our stat, our, our, our look at or viewpoint on the, on these changes is it's going to benefit everybody. Um, 100%. And just like, just like, um, in sports in general, anybody that's played sports is a competitor. That they are, you put in the time to reach the levels that you yourself want to reach. The same is going to be true for NIL and being compensated for it, Michael. There are going to be people that may not be stars on the field or on the court or in between whatever those lines are, but they can market the hell out of themselves. They create brands. They engage with an audience. They know that if they put out a TikTok on this topic or they do this dance, they are going to get eyeballs. Like they know how to do this. They are maybe not professional sports athletes, but they are professional marketers. And it doesn't matter where you go to school. It doesn't. If if you can engage with an audience, you're going to find if you've got eyeballs, people are going to pay you for that audience. 100%. I could not agree more. And and thankfully, now these athletes have that opportunity and they get that opportunity at working with open doors. So I think it's incredible, man. Derek, this was fantastic. So much positivity. Is there any um anything coming down the pipe that is in front of people that we can talk about? Is there anything in the... Yeah, I mean, you guys are always working on stuff. I don't know. Is there anything else you guys are excited to start getting out there a little bit, anything that you see potentially coming down? I mean, we have, we have some new products coming out that, that are going to make it, um, you know, that everyone's approaching sort of this, this, um, these NIL changes, Michael, from, from the idea that it's going to be brands wanting to work with athletes. But Mm -hmm. I, 
as a Mets fan um, or as um, me as a Nebraska Cornhuskers fan or, or whatever it might be, what, what a company like Cameo has done, um, mm-hmm. they've made celebrities, professional athletes accessible to the, the, a consumer, a direct-to-consumer approach to procure these things from athletes and celebrities. And that, in as much as, you know, the, the sponsors, the, the, the banks, the healthcare systems, the car dealerships that sponsor all these athletic departments across the country in each of these local markets – as much as that is there's going to be an economy there for, for student athletes, just as much is going to be their fans. If we, we are going to make it very easy for a, a, a student athlete or an athlete of any, at any level to be, to, to book a deal for, mm-hmm. for you and I, someone off the street to just book a deal with an athlete. Um, that's what, that's where this is going for us. I mean, I, I don't think that's, I don't think I've revealed anything secret, Michael, but, but truth be told, like we, we are a firm believer in allowing fans to work with these athletes on a, on a video shout out on a tweet to wish somebody happy birthday to, to send an autograph. Like, we want to make that easy for the the backup on on the on on an Olympic sport team at, at a Division three level as is it as it is for Trevor Lawrence, the the Heisman winning national championship winning quarterback in at Division one level. So that for us is we want to keep that momentum going. About historically, we've been brand side. We we are. We want to make it easy for the the the, cons- the everyday consumer to be able to book a deal with an athlete. I love it. I think there's going to be so many good things that come from this. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, we were talking with Derek Peterson of Open Doors. Derek, where if people have questions for you anywhere online, they can find you. Pay attention to some of the cool stuff you're doing. Yeah, uh, check out the website opendoors.com, and then also uh, individually uh, on Twitter. I love Twitter; um, makes it easy. I mean, it's also part of my job, but yeah, that I, I, I just think it's really easy to connect with someone there. So it's at Peterson Derek um, on Twitter. Uh, I, hit me up questions or just shout outs that you you thought my hair looked good today. It looks great today. <laughs> I have to assume Derek Peterson was taken, unfortunately. Yeah, well, somebody got, somebody got me on that one. At least you got Peterson, Derek. But no, man, this was absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much. One more time, Derek Peterson, Senior Vice President at Open Doors, changing the game, helping athletes. That's what we love to see, man. Appreciate your time today. Yep. Take care, Michael. Bye, everybody.